Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Let's get started. What's going on, people? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Your host, Kevin Klein here. Hope you're doing well out there. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are getting ready to start a series with the Cincinnati Reds. But obviously, that's not why, that's not why we're recording right now. The Dodgers have been very active before the trade deadline. And I made a promise and a guarantee that the Dodgers would make a trade involving at least three major league baseball players before the deadline has surpassed and the Dodgers have definitely surpassed those expectations. They've now acquired four different major league baseball players before the trade deadline. And from everything that I'm hearing from everything that the media is saying, the Dodgers might not even be done. There is a very big fish still out there that roams the streets of St. Louis named Nolan Arenado that the Dodgers appear to be very intrigued by if you listen to the most recent podcast i had dodgers insider michael duarte on the show and he told me that the dodgers have been going after nolan arenado for five years it's a little dicey out there in st louis because some reports say they don't want to blow it up while other reports are indicating that the dodgers could potentially swing a big trade with the St. Louis Cardinals and land Nolan Arenado because the Dodgers have the best farm system and packages available. We'll break down the trades that the Dodgers have done so far, but obviously with the Nolan Arenado news still out there four days until the trade deadline, I know a lot of Dodger fans, including myself, want to see this trade happen. So I'll dive more into that in just a few minutes as we get into the show. Let's talk about the moves that the Dodgers have made, though. And obviously, the big one happened earlier this morning. Look at the Dodgers, not waiting last minute like they have in years past. They've actually swung a number of trades now. This is trade number three, and we still have four days before the trade deadline. A lot of us felt like a Dodgers and White Sox trade was just inevitable. There were a lot of pieces on the White Sox that the Dodgers were interested in. And when Lucas Giolito was announced going to the Los Angeles Angels, I was really bummed because I thought he was going to don a Dodgers uniform. However, the Dodgers have other options and they've proved they proved it today that they're happy with some of the guys available on the White Sox. So they swung a deal with the White Sox, landing both Lance Lynn, and former Dodger and World Series champion Joe Kelly. I have to give credit where credit is due because I didn't think the Dodgers were going to bring back Joe Kelly. But first on it was David Vasse, whether his sources were on it or it was just his own wishful thinking. He was one of the first names guys out there throwing out the name Joe Kelly back to the Dodgers. And then Michael Duarte, who was on the show, said the Dodgers had a lot of interest in Joe Kelly. I was a big Kendall Graveman proponent. 
But after seeing that the Houston Astros had to give up a top five prospect to land Kendall Graveman, I now understand why the Dodgers went with Joe Kelly. So I love the move because Joe Kelly has obviously been with the Dodgers. He's a fan favorite. He's a clubhouse favorite. And he's been clutch in the playoffs in the past. Lance Lynn, on the other hand, has had the worst season of his career. He's been statistically the worst pitcher in baseball. He's six to nine this season, 647 ERA, 21 starts. There are some good things with him, though. 119.2 innings thrown and a 144 strikeout total. You'll take that. That means that he's been striking a lot of guys out. The Dodgers obviously feel confident that they can turn things around with Lance Lynn. Despite a really rough season for Lynn, this is a guy that has the ability to eat up a lot of innings. Even if he's going to give up four runs, he still can get you five to six every night. And that's what the Dodgers are really desiring right now. They need a guy that can give them innings because we've seen it for weeks now. There's a lot of guys in the rotation struggling to go the distance. Emmett Sheehan, who is scheduled to start one more time against the Reds. We'll see if that happens. He's been getting hit pretty hard and walking a lot of guys, thus hurting him to go deep into the game. And then Tony Gonsolin has just been on a really bad tailspin. I think he's got a 725 ERA over his last seven outings. This is a guy, Tony Gonsolin, that used to just be a lock to go in the regular season, five to seven innings every outing, give up no more than two runs. And Tony Gonsolin has not been that guy this season. He now has a 425 ERA in 2023. His ERA just continues to climb with every outing. So the regression has really hit Gonsolin hard this season. And I guess it's not a complete surprise because Tony Gonsolin was never going to be a guy who had who would walk away from baseball for the career 250 ERA. It's just a shame that Gonsolin has regressed this hard in a year where the Dodgers are hit by a lot of injuries and needs they need starters to go deep. We got some good news with Clayton Kershaw. He's going to continue to throw bullpen sessions and face hitters very soon some optimism that he could return to the Dodgers rotation in early August, which God darn it needs to happen because this was supposed to be a very minor injury. And for whatever reason, Kershaw has been out for weeks now. Clay Kershaw was in the running for the Cy Young award. And then for, for whatever reason, fatigue, shoulder injury, they had to put him on the IL and now he's been out for weeks. So they're going to need Kershaw to come back pretty soon because we're already about to be into August. He's got to get ramped up. He's got to be built up and he's got to be back to his Clayton Kershaw first half all-star form. This is potentially the Dodgers game one starter going into the postseason, which is kind of crazy to think because Julio Urias was their opening day starter, but with Urias being very inconsistent and um, Walker Buehler could be coming back in September, but you're not going to start Walker Buehler at a game one with, just on this short notice, Dustin may going down Clayton Kershaw has been the most consistent starter. And so if you had to, if I had to guess, I would say Clayton Kershaw is going to start game one of a postseason series for the Dodgers, unless Julio Arias can completely flip the script and be, be the guy who led the national league in ERA last season. So I appreciate everyone that's uh, in here right now. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the inclined Dodgers. If you have questions in the chat, Feel free to drop them below as I continue to break down the Dodgers plethora of moves. We'll continue to talk about Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Who did the Dodgers give up? 
What does it mean? So Lance Lynn was added to the Dodgers rotation. Uh, this is a guy that really has struggled in 2023. He's also struggled in the postseason. He's thrown 58 postseason postseason innings in his career, has a 528 career ERA, 1.6 whip. So this is a really interesting move. The Dodgers have wanted Lance Lynn for quite some time. They were tied to him in 2020. I think they checked in on him when he was a free agent. They finally pulled the trigger when he's 36 years of age. And, you know, they didn't get him at a cheap rate. They had to give up one of their top 10 prospects. They gave up their ninth overall prospect in the system, Nick Nestrini. Um, if you remember Nick Nestrini, he came onto this podcast in the offseason. This is a guy that was really excited being in the Dodgers farm system. So as someone that reached out to him firsthand, invited him on the show, it definitely does sting a little to see him go to the White Sox. But the Dodgers have too many guys, honestly, in the in the farm system. And so they had to sacrifice somebody to get someone of major league talent. And so Nestrini is unfortunately that guy. They also gave up um, a future reliever in Jordan Leisure. Uh, Leisure is a guy that could potentially see himself make the majors, I believe, either late next season or in 2025. But with uh, the, the amount of depth the Dodgers have, we can't really worry about Jordan Leisure right now. Maybe he turns into something. Maybe he doesn't. And then the major league guy that's going to the Chicago White Sox is Trace Thompson. I'm not surprised to see Trace Thompson go. I didn't think there was a shot he was coming back this season. He was looking pretty good in rehab. He had a couple home runs. He had some nice diving catches. But Trace Thompson, let's be real. He's a triple A plus player. That's all he's ever going to be. I think what he did with the Dodgers last season was more of an anomaly. He really did struggle. He really did struggle this season. He had the epic game where he had the three home run performance and just teed off a Madison Bumgarner. But where's Madison Bumgarner right now? He's probably working at a CVS or Albertsons or something just desperate for work because I don't think there's been a single team interested in signing his services. So Madison Bumgarner is unemployed. Trace Thompson has a chance to work his way back with the White Sox now. Maybe he becomes um, a major league outfielder with the White Sox again. This is the team that traded. I believe the White Sox had Trace Thompson at the start of last season. He bounced around. And so it's just a full circle for Trace. Nick Nestrini does have thoracic outlet syndrome. I don't think the Dodgers were too concerned about that. I don't think that was the reason they traded him. Uh, there were some reports, though, that sometimes he would have to be delayed a, a day or two because of that injury. Um, Steven Strasburg is a very notorious pitcher who also suffered from the, the same symptom. Um, and obviously, S Steven Strasburg has been on the injury list most of his career. But when healthy, Strasburg is one of the most effective pitchers in Major League Baseball. I think the Dodgers just traded Nestrini because the White Sox wanted one of their top pitchers. And to me, it's a W to keep Bobby Miller. They weren't going to trade Bobby Miller for Lance Lynn. No way, no how. They weren't going to trade Gavin Stone for Lance Lynn. They get to keep him. Ryan Pepio, who hasn't pitched this season, I still think he has a high ceiling, so that's still a W. So that's three good pitchers right there. Emmett Sheehan, you can't trade him for Lance Lynn. So they had to move somebody, and unfortunately, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes depth. Sometimes it's nice to have some depth. You have to make sacrifices. 
Lance Lynn gives them the chance to win right now, despite how bad he's been this season. The Dodgers needed depth. And so I like the move. I like that they added Joe Kelly. Despite Joe Kelly having a 497 ERA this season, he's actually kind of been unlucky. He has a 323 expected ERA. He has 41 strikeouts over 29 innings thrown. The K rate is, is up there as one of the best in his career. He has a 12.7 strikeout through nine. Uh, I looked into his advanced stats. His fastball and sinker, I believe, have been kind of hit hard this season. Opponents are hitting over 300 against both those pitches. But his off-speed, his secondary pitches have still been up there. He has an elite curveball. He can throw a slider. Uh, he's getting high whiff rates on those. Uh, the opposition really hasn't been seeing those pitches well. So get Joe Kelly back into the prior lab. Get Lance Lynn into the prior lab. I mean, Lance Lynn, also a little unlucky this season. He has a 482 expected ERA. So Lance Lynn is supposedly better than the 647 ERA pitcher that he's been all year. Um, I'm, I'm very confident that the Dodgers can spot the issues that Lance Lynn has had this season. They can turn it around. I mean, this is a guy that's usually a four ERA guy. So there's no way Lance Lynn can just continue at this rate. I feel like he's going to pitch into some good luck and reverse these the reverse the demons he's had all year i think a chain of scenery will be huge he's going to be pitching for a contender now these games will mean something so a guy that pitched for team usa during the offseason in the world baseball classic i think lance lynn's going to add a lot of value i think joe kelly is a great replacement for daniel hudson this will be interesting joe kelly was never the highest of high leverage relievers for the dodgers but he, they've been able to bring him on in the past. He can pitch the ninth inning. He's a World Series champion with a number of ball clubs. So I like the moves. I think the depth is key. The Dodgers had to DFA two guys off their 40-man roster. No surprise to me to see Justin Brule get designated for assignment. Very up and down guy. He's he's shown some flashes of positive, but he's also shown a lot of just negative downside. That last outing was just atrocious, and what a fitting end for probably Justin Brule's tenure in a Los Angeles Dodgers uniform. Was never high on Eddie's Leonard. I didn't think he was going to actually crack the Major League roster ever. I figured they would just eventually trade him. Little surprised to just see them outright DFA, DFA the uh, infielder. I, I got to see a lot of him during the spring. He showed he did show some signs of being a good hitter. But you look at his overall minor league numbers, he was never that flashy. I don't think he's ever going to work his way up to being one of their top prospects. I expect him to get claimed by another team just because he's he's a former Dodger prospect. So I think someone will be intrigued by that. But you never know, I guess. Maybe he'll just be unclaimed and the Dodgers can outright him to AAA. Uh, let's take a look at some of the comments and see if we got any questions. Young Jeremy 20. Any trade that the Cardinals say yes to that Miller isn't isn't in they gonna sign the paperwork. Any trade that the Cardinals say yes to that Miller isn't in they gotta sign the paperwork. I don't think the Dodgers are training Bobby Miller. I really don't. I think he's kind of like in that Walker Bueller tier. I think the Dodgers will have to move other guys to get a big Nolan Arenado package, which I'll talk about more in a couple minutes. But I really think I think Bobby Miller's safe at this point. That would just be a huge blow to their current starting rotation and kind of would just put them back at square one. So I don't think they would make that move. Michael Carrillo asking, do you think any major prospects for Mitch Keller would be worth it? Not a big Mitch Keller guy. 
he did start off the season looking like an all-star the first two, three months. He was, he was looking really good, but he's really pitched into a slump right now. I just don't think I'm going to give up top prospects to acquire Mitch Keller. He probably is under control for a few more years and you know, he's a guy that can give them depth right now, but I think there's other guys out there that are much more attractive to acquire than Mitch Keller from the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So let's let's go back to Nolan Arenado because from what we're hearing, he's willing to waive his no trade clause. Some reports say he's happy in St. Louis. Others think that he wants to be a Los Angeles Dodger. And Nolan Arenado, I think he's up there with anybody right right now where he wants to win a World Series just as much as anybody else. It's not going to be just Nolan Arenado, though. I don't think if the Dodgers were to pull this trade off, I do think they would get one of Jack Flaherty or uh, Montgomery. And I prefer Montgomery. Honestly, I think the Dodgers could use another lefty. And I like that Jordan Montgomery is pitching at a higher clip than Flaherty right now. Jack Flaherty's kind of been up and down. I think his whip's at one and a half ERAs in the fours. He's had some good starts. He's had some bad starts. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Both of them would be rentals. Nolan Arenado would not be a rental. I think he's under team control for at least another three, four seasons. But this is where it gets interesting because the Dodgers, to pull this trade off, would probably have to give up Max Muncy. You can let me know in the comments below how you feel about that. Do you want to keep Max Muncy? Would you trade him for Nolan Arenado? I personally, in a heartbeat, I'm trading Max Muncy in a package to get Nolan Arenado. I don't think Max Muncy is a good third baseman defensively. He's been pretty much a three outcome player. He's either a home run, a walk, or a strikeout. Very few singles, very few doubles. He's not going to hit triples. He's striking out a lot more than he has in years past. He's also basically become a 200 hitter. So I think Max Muncy, you got to move him. There's just you just can't play him at second base. He's not a good defensive second baseman. And then looking down the future, like where does Max Muncy fit into this team? If Gavin Lux is coming back, you can't you're going to have a lot of guys at shortstop and second base Vargas. I would assume unless he's traded, he'll be back too. Miguel Vargas would probably be your second base Lux at shortstop. Uh, the Dodgers, I would imagine feel like Shohei Otani's in the picture. That's your DH. So then if they have Nolan Arenado at third base, where does that fit Max Muncy? It doesn't. So that's why Max Muncy is going to get traded. Great comment below from um, Elishiva Jones. Max Muncy is really a first baseman. He is. He was a really good defensive first baseman. He was. He had a, a positive defensive run saved. He was um, metric-wise great as one of the better ones too, but they have Freddie Freeman. So I think you can uh, lock Max, Max Muncy in at, for a trade. There's also a report that they would potentially throw in Chris Taylor as well. I don't want the Dodgers to trade Chris Taylor. I do really love his defensive versatility. He's been also really clutch this season, but I get it. They need to offset some of the money. Chris Taylor would still be under contract for two more years. He's basically making 13 to 15 million a year. So if they got to throw him in too, um, so be it. So Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, potentially two major league baseball players going out the door to bring in Nolan Arenado. And then, of course, the Dodgers are going to have to throw in some top-tier prospects. Bobby Miller was one of the names suggested. I think the Dodgers can get away with not trading Bobby Miller. They may and probably would have to give up one of Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone. 
And I'm okay with that because it's Nolan Arenado. They would probably have to also throw in another guy like Nick Frasso. And you you can look at the names, Ryan Pepio, um, Landon Knack. So let me, uh, yes, Chris Camel is in the chat. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me uh, invite him too while I keep talking. So check your email, Chris. It's coming your way in just a second. So I think the Dodgers aren't done here. They've made three trades. None of them are really flashy trades, but they're win now moves. It's kind of interesting that it was pointed out that of all the players brought in for the Dodgers, they have all had negative um, negative war. Very odd. Andrew Friedman normally goes for positive impact players. But Kike Hernandez, we know what he can bring. He's a great clubhouse guy. He's a winner. He was on that 2020 World Series champion. Very clutch in the postseason. Can hit lefties. He's hitting 263 against lefties this season. Um, Ahmed Rosario, this is a really intriguing move as well. He's hitting 303 against lefties this season with an 822 OPS. Chris, what's up? Heck of a busy few days for Friedman and company, huh? It is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and and just kind of going off your last take on on Max Muncy. Um, you know, I know these last couple of years have been tough for him at this point, and that's the biggest thing. If you get Arenado, what do you do with him? You almost have to throw him into that trade. Because if you're not confident in his ability to play second base, especially without the shift on, that could be a problem. And, you know, obviously Mookie's been fantastic at that position. You got Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor. You got a few guys that could play there. So it's a difficult call. I have a feeling the Arenado situation might get a little complicated, but I still think that they make a deal with, with St. Louis to get a reliever and maybe a starter at this point, which either Jack Flaherty or Jordan Montgomery. I've been a Jordan Montgomery fan for a long time. Um, Jack Flaherty has had his struggles with injuries and everything like that, but could be one of those reclamation type projects. And, you know, the theme, and I don't know if you saw my tweet on this, Kev, lightning in a bottle. That seems to be the theme with all four of these pickups so far. They've all struggled but they've also had success at different points in their career, even the last couple of years. So can we get something out of these four guys to help our offense and our pitching staff, most importantly, get going at this point? You going to miss Noah Syndergaard? Uh, I will miss him as much as a stone that I once had in my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Just amazing. The Dodgers were able to pull that off. Swinging Noah Syndergaard for Ahmed Rosario. I figured either Noah Syndergaard would have to come back and prove himself or be DFA'd. But the fact that they got a pretty solid, I think he was at one point kind of revered as one of the Mets top prospects yep. and a, a key trade ship into that Francisco Lindor deal. He never really quite lived up to the hype in Cleveland, but I just read off the stats. He's always been a career 300 hitter against lefties. He's hitting 303 against them this season. He's going to be all over the field, some shortstop, some second base. He can play outfield. Right. I think this is a great sneaky move by the Dodgers. Um, we'll see tonight. He's making his date Dodgers debut against the Reds. He's facing a lefty, uh, but the, they got a little over two months now to see what they got with Ahmed Rosario. But I, yep. I think this is a, a good move. No doubt about it. And everyone's talking about his defensive metrics. Like I, I love how Twitter is just finding the flaws in all of these guys. I got news for any Dodger fans watching this right now. Listen, there is no guy out there. That's a slam dunk. 
And here's, and I'll take it one step further. The moves that were slam dunks, you Darvish in 2017, Manny Machado in 2018, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer in 2020, uh, 2021. How do those work out for the Dodgers? I'll wait. Thank right. you. You know, so you, that is why you make moves. There's a reason why these guys are available. They're struggling. They're, they're in the final year of a contract. So yeah, why not go out and get Nick Nestrini or something like that? Try to maximize these guys' value. Fact is the Dodgers needed some infield help. They needed some right-handed bats in that lineup. They needed some, some depth. They got all of that. And I like Lance Lynn, only two years removed from an all-star season. You could make the argument he's been more consistent the last three or four years than Lucas Giolito. And Angels gave up two of their top three prospects to get Giolito and a reliever. But still, Giolito was the centerpiece. So um, I think this is the chance that you take. And this is about catching lightning in a bottle, addressing some of the needs, and seeing if some of these guys can turn it around with a change of scenery. And I like Ahmed Rosario. I think he's going to do really well here. And you still got Rojas to back him up. Mm -hmm. Michael Carrillo asking, do you think a major tree trade for either George Kirby or Logan Gilbert could be good for our postseason chances? Those are great pitching options. I don't know if Seattle's willing to deal either of those guys and they would certainly come at a hefty price. Definitely. But if the, but the Dodgers, those would be kind of sneaky moves if they could pull up, pull off either one of those guys. Um, I mean, I would like that trade. I'm um, looking at. Oh, for sure. I mean, Logan Gilbert and George. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I'm just saying those would be good options, but you're going to have to give up a stone, a Pepio, maybe Emmett Sheehan and everything like that just to get those guys. And I, I just, it's, it's, it's a bit of a steep price, more of a steep price. I would say. Um, another comment coming from Elishiva Jones. I really don't comprehend why Freeman wanted Rosario. His stats look pretty bad. Air is not an upgrade over at Rojas. I mean, defensively, no, Miguel Rojas is a much better defender, but Miguel Rojas was just not giving them anything with the bat. Ahmed Rosario is a guy that I think on a better team could, like we were just saying, he has a better tendency to drive and runs. I think the steals is something that the Dodgers like as well. He's a pretty fast guy. Um, yep. If he can get on base, work some walks, get some hits. Uh, this is definitely a nice bat to have down at the bottom of the order. So definitely. Uh, I'm sorry, Rojas, you're, you're starting tonight, but I don't know how much more of a leash you have because you've been kind of a big disappointment this season. Uh, they're also asking what will happen with James Outman. Well, for the time being, it looks like James Outman will be a platoon player just because the daughters have Kike Taylor and Betts as their outfielders for the time being. But I mean, I think the Dodgers are trying to avoid Mookie Betts now in the infield with all these acquisitions. Um, obviously, if Rojas isn't panning out still at the bat, they could move a Mookie to second, I suppose, and then get James Outman in there against lefties. Uh, it's a testament to the Dodgers' depth now because, to me, James Outman should be an everyday player, though. I agree. He's a fantastic defensive center fielder. He's, he was a big reason why they won that game the other night against Toronto. Obviously, not just with the game-winning hit, but just, you know, starting that rally in the ninth inning. So, I like James Outman. I think it's, it's a testament to his hard work. I, I don't like the fact, if that is true, that he becomes a platoon player. I think what they should be doing is, is having TK platoon at second and in left. That's what I think they should be doing at, at this point. And then finding a way to keep Chris Taylor, you know, engaged in that lineup. But these guys have just not been consistent with the bat. That's the issue right now. And that's what, what the, the Dodger front office is doing. We're not only creating depth, we're creating flexibility. And is there enough of these guys where 
can two of them stay hot? And that way it really lengthens our lineup. Uh, absolutely. If you guys uh, haven't hit that like button yet, make sure to do it. If you are not subscribing to the Incline Dodgers YouTube channel, please do that as well. Help us out. Earlier this morning, there was a report from a New York Mets beat reporter that the Dodgers have checked in on Tommy Fan, Tommy Fam, and Mark Canna. Yep. Kind of surprising that the Dodgers just continue to look at right-handed bats. I guess they're not done with just two right-handed bats. Um, I don't know if the Dodgers will pull off a trade for either of those guys. Um, do you think you're intrigued by either of those, Chris? I've always liked Tommy Pham. I thought they should have gotten him this past offseason. Mark Connor is a guy I've been a fan of for a long time. He's a good contact hitter, works accounts, got some pop, decent defensively. Uh, you know, Pham has been a thorn in the Dodgers' side. It seems like, you know, no matter what team he's been on, whether it be the Cardinals, the Rays, the Padres, with the Mets, he always finds a way to, you know, get on base and, and hit double. So two pretty solid contact hitters. But at this point, are they picking these guys up because they're thinking about packaging Muncie? They're thinking about packaging off Chris Taylor. That's really the million dollar question at this point. And keep in mind, Taylor's got, I believe, two more years after the season that are guaranteed. I'm not sure if that fourth year is guaranteed or an option, but still, I mean, that's that's something you have to consider at this point. And he has not really played well in that contract. But that being said, I would love to see CT3 and Muncie at least finish out the season in a Dodgers uni, but I'm, I like the Kana fam option. I think what they're doing, Kev backup options. If we can't get Arnado, what's plan B for us. But the question is that I have for you, are they done getting starting pitching? No, I can't see Lance Lynn being the only starter they get. They still need what I would view as someone that's, in the postseason, number two worthy because Clayton Kershaw. I think if the season, if he was healthy in postseason next week, Clayton Kershaw is your number one guy. I don't really feel comfortable with Urias at the way he's pitching right now to be their number two guy. Or Gonsolin, he's been a major or, disappointment as well. Right, and so I think with this move, instantly Lance Lynn is going to play replace Tony Gonsolin in the postseason rotation. Agreed. Uh, you got Bobby Miller, Lynn, Urias, and Kershaw. Um, I still think they should get another guy though. Um, who, who's to say Lance Lynn should even start postseason games because he's not been that good this season and he's, he needs to prove it before we just hand him a postseason spot. So I don't know if it's going to come from St. Louis with the guys we just talked about. Also heard that the Dodgers could potentially check in with the Mets. And so maybe they don't just, if they can't get Arenado, maybe they don't just bring back one of those outfielders we talked about. Even though there's two Texas teams in on him, maybe the Dodgers say, let's just get, let's just go for Justin Verlander. Maybe they just do it. I feel like the Dodgers are very aggressive. They're all in this season and they're showing it right now. They're not afraid to take some risks. Um, if you guys have any questions in the chat, feel free to drop them. Uh, sorry, young Jeremy, I'm not ignoring your comments. I just can't read lengthy comments like that unless they're questions because we're, we're limited on time here. Uh, we want to take you guys up till first pitch. So that's, that's where my head's at. For sure. Um, I, by the way, the only other guy that seemed to make sense and obtainable was Kyle Hendricks or Marcus Stroman, but I'm not sure if the Cubs are going to sell at this point. So that's another team you may need to cross off and not look at for potential, uh, for, for, you know, a potential deal Cubs. I think they've won what six or seven in a row. And now all of a sudden their postseason chances are looking a lot brighter. So I don't know at this point, and, and I, I don't even think the Padres may sell, not to mention they wouldn't exactly sell to the Dodgers either. Right. That's a good point. 
I mean, the Mets just traded within the division, so who the heck knows where their head's at? Um, but the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs, I don't, the Cubs and Dodgers tend to swing trades. They did the Chris Martin one last season. Um, right. so I don't, I don't know where their head's at. I don't think Marcus Stroman's going to be traded to the Dodgers. I think the fact that Lance Lynn already cost a top 10 prospect, Marcus Stroman's probably going to cost a top three prospect. And I just don't think the Dodgers want to move any of those guys for a rental. Uh, the, the Dodgers do begin a series with the Reds beginning tonight, a three game series. Last time when the Dodgers were just out there in Cincinnati was a nightmare. They walked off on us twice. We've got Brandon Williamson, a left-handed pitcher in a 460 ERA facing Bobby Miller, Luke Weaver, who's been bad this year with a 720 ERA right now is lined up to face Emmett Sheehan. We'll see if that holds. And then Graham Ashcroft, another guy struggling is five and seven with a 564 ERA. He's facing Michael Grove. Joey Votto's back in their lineup. Uh, I don't know if you saw Joey Votto's comments to Chris Russo, Chris, but I thought that was pretty funny in response to uh, the Mad Dogs claim that Joey Votto is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I saw that that made news. Um, what was it? The Hall of Very Good? Is yes. That, is that what that was? Yeah. So here's the thing. Joey Votto has got a great personality. And if there's anyone who is not afraid to dish it back, but in a humorous, non-malicious way, it's Joey Votto and Russo's. I mean, I think what you want about the mad dog. He's been doing this a long time. He always, he shoots from the hip, but he, but he, he throws a lot of facts your way. You don't have to agree with him, but he's always honest. And, and that's the thing. And uh, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but at the same point in time, Joey Votto to me might fall in the same line as a Todd Helton where mm. he he'll get into the hall of fame. Eventually. I think Helton gets in eventually, but I don't think it's going to be on the first ballot to me. That's just my opinion. So as of right now, I don't disagree with with Russo saying that Joey Votto is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is Hall of very, very good. But the fact that he he hasn't won an MVP, right? Or he has. He won an MVP. He did win an MVP, right? He won. He won once. Um, But he's never been to a World Series, never won a World Series. That's the one thing that sometimes tends to hold guys back. But who knows? He might get in on the first ballot. I've been wrong before, but uh, I love Joey Votto. Love his game. Love what the Reds are doing right now. Um, I, I think they might need a new manager soon, but they're definitely on the come up in the next few years in that division. <laughs> they just extended their manager today, David Bell, another like till 2026. So. Yeah, well, you, you know, as, as I do, those extensions for managers and coaches don't mean anything. It just keeps them from looking like lame ducks, keeps the media and the fans off their back. And then that's usually it. So Ryan asking, can LA limit the Reds running game tonight? Good luck. I think they've gotten a lot better, but Ellie De La Cruz is a guy that you cannot afford to get on the base paths. He's got 17 steals this season. He has been in a bit of a slump though. It will be key though for the Dodgers to keep the Reds off the base paths. They're one of the fastest teams in baseball between TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, Matt McLean, De La Cruz, They've got a lot of guys that can just even Jonathan India has got some wheels. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Even Jonathan India has got some wheels. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. They got a lot of guys that can run on them all day. Um, Uli Shiva Jones. Do you expect the daughters to make a move with respect to Barnes? Who knows? I think all the guys that haven't performed this season are on the chopping block. And even though Clayton Kershaw and Austin Barnes made it to the finals in the Kershaw ping pong challenge last night. I don't think Barnes is safe. I mean, Barnes has not had good chemistry with most of the Dodgers pitchers this season. Clayton Kershaw has already proven that he can pitch to Will Smith or whoever. And so yeah. if the Dodgers 
feel like they've got to move Barnes and they can bring in a more serviceable backup catcher. Sure. Because like I just said, they're making a lot of moves. They've already brought in four players. What's another one to bring in a backup catcher. Tony Gonsolin will be a Cardinal and Montgomery will take his place. I don't think the Dodgers are trading major league starters unless it's Michael Grove, honestly, and they probably won't even trade him at this point. I think they need all the arms they can get. And so if you trade Tony Gonsolin, um, that just sets you backwards. So I don't think that's happening. Um, I will keep saying this. This is from Harmony Davis. If the Dodgers get Verlander, the, the win will be seeing Ben Verlander's reaction. It'll be the best. Yep. Um, Ben Verlander, I guess, would have to be a Dodgers fan for a couple months, and that might be extended if the Dodgers sign Shohei Otani. Yep, and also too, that might mean you might have to have Ben here on your on your show, Kev, on the Incline <laughs> Dodgers. Man, that would be something. Let me be on there though, just to moderate, keep you guys in your neutral corners. If the Dodgers get Justin Verlander, I promise I will reach out to Ben Verlander and and at least make the effort. <laughs> Oscar Vargas odds a Cardinals Dodgers blockbuster trade. Well, we've seen some St. Louis beat reporters call it as low as 1%. If I had to put a number on it right now, 33% chance it happens. So I'll elaborate more, but I'll give you a chance, Chris, to throw a number out there. I'm going to say 25%. Um, I just think trade like that gets too complicated. And if Otani wasn't in play for the winner, mm-hmm. I would say, I would say it's a, it's a little bit more likely. I think what they're doing is they're kicking the tires. Nolan Arnato, LA guy, I think really want, always wanted to play here. So yeah, he wants to be here, but it doesn't mean he needs to be here right now. The Cardinals are go- kind of going through a shift right now where they're getting more of their younger players. We've seen Jordan Walker. We've seen Brandon win the next couple of years with Brendan, uh, Brendan Donovan. They, they, they're going to need the Goldschmidt's and the Arenados to help these guys with, uh, with leadership. And I, and I think because that division is still kind of up in the air, they may not want to blow this thing up completely, but this year has been disappointing. And when you have a disappointing year, this is when you start to have these knee jerk type reactions, Kev. That's why Moseliak, and Friedman, I'm sure, have had conversations about where their heads are at as far as trading this guy, and do we want to keep him long-term? Yeah, and I mean, if the Dodgers give them Max Muncy and Chris Taylor, it doesn't set the Cardinals that far back because those are two all-star veterans that have been to a World Series. So you have Muncy now at your third base, gives you a different perspective with his leadership mindset. And so, and he's a lot cheaper than Nolan Arenado. So, I mean, it's not the, the, it's not the end of the world for St. Louis. But I think if the Dodgers can trade Taylor and Muncie, then they can Ugh. then they can have Arenado and Shohei Otani and make it work. They would probably go over the luxury tax a little bit, but I mean that's not that out of the ordinary for the Dodgers. They've had like three hundred million dollar payroll, so I don't think they'd be that sticker shocked by that. But I mean, you have Trevor Bauer coming off the books. You'd have Urias coming off the books. I mean, those two right there is. 40 ish million. Then you got Muncie and Taylor. That's another close to 30 million. And so by the way, go ahead. I no, no, it's a great point. You just made me think about something with Odias with his value, taking a hit. If he keeps this up, is there, are they going to be in a position where they give him a D'Angelo Russell type contract, a one plus one, Um, or he may be more inclined to take a qualifying offer worth about 16, 17 million. Yeah. If he rebuild that value. 
Yeah, so I'm at the frame of mind that if Urias finishes the season with an ERA over five, he'll take the qualifying offer and just bet on himself for next season because he's probably already cost himself 50 million plus total in contract value. I mean, I thought he was for sure going to get 200 million. Now, probably best case scenario is closer to 150 million. And even that he might not get. And so if he continues at the rate he's going, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he just takes the qualifying offer has the 20 million, which I think is where it's at now and just bets on himself, goes back into the market a year from now. And he's still at that age. He'd probably be 27 in the off season for that contract year. Um, so he can just do that, get the big contract. And it, I mean, it's a win-win. He gets to be with the daughters for one more season. He'd be on a good sure. team. So I don't think it's, yeah, I think it's very plausible. Michael asking chances. Vargas comes back for this season. I mean, he'll for sure be a September call up. The Dodgers get two extra roster spots. I don't know how much playing time Miguel Vargas will get for the rest of the season moving forward. But I think, I think Chris, you were on one of the shows too, where we talked about it. Vargas just really kind of destroyed his, his value with playing time this season. He's going to have to prove himself and one or two weeks right now in AAA is not enough of a sample size to see um, Vargas as an everyday starter. What, what Here's the conundrum with him. It wasn't like he was striking out on three pitches. His at-bat quality was still good. Where was the production? Where were the walks? Where was the aggression on your pitches? And where was the power? Like, there was, like, no power there. See, the thing is with Max Muncy, he's batting 200, right, or, or a shade below, but he yeah. still has pop. That's the thing. If Miguel Vargas had 15, 16, 17 home runs, but was batting whatever he was batting, you know, 120 or 150, whatever his average was, then I think you could say, okay, the pop is there, but now we, we've got to work on the average and making better contact. The plate discipline was good. The production was in all aspects. It just wasn't there. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him yet, but you're right. Now he's going to be under the microscope moving forward. And it's like, uh, what do we have left in the, with this guy? And if he has, if you have an opportunity to turn him into potentially Nolan Arenado or somebody else, or maybe Justin Verlander, one of those guys, it, that conversation is going to have to be a lot more honest from Brandon Gomes and, and Andrew Friedman. Definitely. Of course, as we were talking, I see now on Twitter 14 minutes ago, Miguel Vargas hit his second home run in AAA. So funny timing right there. Uh, we're going to we're going to round this show off pretty soon. So get your last questions in there. In there. Well, um, this is brought to you by TickPick. So if you haven't downloaded the TickPick app, this is the great a ticketing website that sponsors the show. No service fees at checkout. You can get tickets to any concert artist, pretty much in any city, any venue. Um, get the best deals for Dodger tickets. No service fees at checkout. Um, I'm using TickPick all the time to go to Dodger Stadium. So highly recommend. So let's see from Ryan Per Katie Wu, cards writer for The Athletic. Cards are shopping Carlson, DeYoung, and Jordan Hicks. In addition to Montgomery and Flaherty um, of those guys, obviously any of those pitchers makes sense. So we've talked about all that. I'm on board. Do you think the Dodgers get a cost controllable pitcher coming from Michael Carrillo? No, I don't think the that, Dodgers are getting a controllable pitcher. Go ahead. No, uh, I, I wait. You said you don't think that they're getting a cost controlled, a, a pitcher under team control. No. 
Okay. Yeah. Everybody's going to be a rental at this point, not unless they give up a cost controlled pitcher like a Gonsolin, like a Miller, a stone, one of those guys. So I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do at this point. I'm intrigued by Dylan Carlson. You know, I'm surprised Tyler O'Neill. I know he hasn't had a great season. I'm surprised his name isn't being thrown out there because I, I, I like the pop in his back. I mean, Carlson's a safe for choice. No question, but I've always been intrigued by Tyler O'Neill and I'm surprised Gallegos. Giovanni Gallegos' name isn't being chopped out there a little bit more. I know he's had his inconsistencies in St. Louis. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with Gallegos. He, he's been pretty. He's maybe he's been he will. Right. Get, he maybe he great. will. Yeah, I mean, maybe he will get traded. Who knows? Yeah, I guess he's not the flashy name like Jordan Hicks, but. Well, because Hicks can throw 100 miles per hour and everything like that, but uh, I, I think overall the Dodgers have done well. You know, listen. There was never, I looked at this market and I said, there is no slam dunk player. There isn't Scherzer Verlander. Their best days are behind them. They're so good, but let's be honest. We've seen them both get cooked. Uh, might I remind everyone about that wild card game where Scherzer gave up like five or six hundred home runs in, in that game against San Diego. He got destroyed in that game. You know, Verlander's Absolutely. yeah. He's been solid. No question about it, but he's been touched up a little bit. He hasn't been healthy and these guys are expensive as heck. And for a team that wants to maintain that financial fluidity and flexibility going into the winter to take on Otani, you have to be careful how much salary you're going to be taking back for years to come. That's, that's the thing right there. You, that's the number one thing we want to stay competitive. We want to be a contender, but we don't want to take ourselves out of the Otani sweepstakes next winter. Absolutely. All right. Well, the Dodger game is starting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for the incline Dodgers live stream edition. Uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us some comments below. Uh, we'll be back if the Dodgers continue to make more moves. But yeah, exciting times. Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kike Hernandez, Ahmed Rosario. Favorite time of the year, trade deadline. Also, thanks to Chris Camello for topping on as well. Chris, have a great rest of your Friday. Go Dodgers. Let's go. Follow me at Chris underscore Camello on Twitter. See Camello one on Instagram. Kev, thanks as always, man. And love your show, man. Keep it up. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.